You're listening to Understanding Disordered Eating with Rachel Heinemann. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and certified eating disorder specialist. On this weekly podcast, we talk about all things psychoanalysis and eating disorder recovery. It's a combination of interviews with experts in psychoanalysis and eating disorders and some solo episodes where it will just be the two of us. The goal of the podcast is to help you try to understand a little bit more about yourself, gain a deeper understanding for why you do the things you do, and bring you one step closer to a healthier relationship with food and yourself. Hey, hey, episode 99. As you probably have realized, either because I say explicitly or because you're just picking up on it, I've recently been thinking a lot about complexities, nuance, and how that comes out in different decisions and different conversations. Very often, people's differing opinions comes out as either black or white, that it is this way or it is that way. It is very hard to come to a consensus or a compromise or even an understanding of each other or or of ourselves if we have differing opinions internally or ambivalence. And I have found that it's way too reductionist to say that things are one way or the other, or that because this worked for you, this works for me. And what I'm hoping for all of us on this podcast journey to be all dramatic, is that we can come a little bit closer to a more nuanced understanding of the world, a more complex way of thinking about things that it is neither A nor B. It is not zero or a hundred. It is about all of the different combinations that the in-between can create. And yeah, that's messy. And it's complicated and there probably isn't an answer sometimes, but that's kind of life. So of course, this applies to nutrition and nutrition advice and in the eating disorder world as well. In that, there are a lot of people, we'll start with weight loss people because we love to bash them. But seriously, a lot of people are saying, oh, I lost weight in this way. A, you should want to lose weight because... I lost weight or because your doctor is saying that, but I lost weight because I did X, Y, and Z. And therefore, it'll work for you, which has absolutely zero reflection on what could possibly work for you. Besides for that, we know that diets don't work and the restriction really plays with your mind. And even if it works, it probably won't work long term. Is that let's just say we'll pick on the low carb people today. And they say, this has totally changed my life. They have no idea what that would do to you. Maybe you're the kind of person or, uh, I mean, we all are, but maybe you're the kind of person that really needs carbs. That sounds really silly to say, but because we know that we all need carbs, but it's kind of ridiculous for somebody to say, this works for me and therefore it'll work for you. They don't know what your life story is. They don't know what your home situation is, what your access is. Like a lot of people say, oh, sleep is really important. You should get at least seven to eight hours of sleep. And if you're talking to any new mom or dad, that is completely impossible. So at the end, they say, oh, I feel terrible about myself because I can't get the proper sleep. But really, if they have a kid under a certain age or really kids, period, 
they will not be able to sleep. And the guilt, the side dose of guilt is obviously a lot worse. And even in this world of trying to be anti-diet and trying to work toward recovery from disordered eating, we talk about incorporating more fruits and vegetables if somebody isn't already, which by the way, is a good example already of this nuance that if somebody hears, oh, you should incorporate more fruits and vegetables, but the person listening is having a salad every single day for lunch, maybe that's not the best idea for them. And maybe adding even more fruits and vegetables is going to lead to terrible gas and bloating and maybe make them come under what their caloric intake needs to be in order to function. And that's actually terrible advice, even though we say universally, that's amazing. So even something that's been proven and and so many people say it might not actually be good advice for you. So I think we have to take this with a grain of salt. And I think a lot of you are sophisticated enough that when you hear somebody who might be delivering information that's pretty diety or orthorexic, you know, quote, health conscious, that we sort of all roll our eyes at this point and, and say that's ridiculous. And even if it doesn't feel ridiculous to us and it sort of makes you anxious or, or makes you a little bit more obsessive, we know logically at this point that that is, it's just ridiculous advice. But what's complicated is, is the advice that we get within the context of the intuitive eating slash eating disorder recovery world. You know, obviously works very well for some people, but do they know you? Do they know what you're already doing? Do they know your limitations? Do they know your financial constraints? Do they know your emotional history? Do they know your stress level right now? No, somebody on TikTok does not. And even your medical provider wouldn't know unless you shared and they actually cared to listen. So the point is that I think that the most important thing to come out with after listening to whoever you're listening to is to think about this critically. I think about when, when I, there was a time I was obsessed with Jordan Harbinger's podcast, which is still really incredible. I actually haven't listened to it in a while. And he makes a really big point to say the whole thing is to think about everything more critically. And I really love that line because you can consume however much information. But if you are not thinking about this critically and thinking about for myself, do I agree with this? What backs this information? do I believe in this myself and why do I believe in it or not? Then we really haven't done anything. We've just sort of consumed what other people are saying and we're spitting it out. So I would encourage you to think that way, even with this podcast. So there's a lot of information that you're learning by listening to this podcast. And I'm forever grateful that you're here. But don't take what I say as the truth. Take what I say and see if you agree with it. Why do you agree with me? And why do you not agree with me? Why do you have this reaction that you're like, oh my God, yes, finally someone is saying that. And why do you have the reaction of like, I can't believe she's saying that. Who does she think she is? And get really pissed off. I mean, yes, it is classic therapist of me to say, why do you think that way? But I think that that is what helps us build our own intuition and increase our critical thinking. And I think ultimately the intuitive eating movement, even if you don't subscribe to intuitive eating completely, is about getting closer to your own intuition. And that means your hunger, fullness, cues, your satiety, your cravings, and all of that, which is a very concrete definition of your intuition, but also about your intuition for literally everything else. Like, how do you make decisions? How do you come to your own conclusions? How do you interact with people? How do you react 
All of these things come from your gut, from your intuition. And obviously, if you don't know what your gut is saying, then it's really hard to come to decisions like that. Which is why very often when I work with people, it's it's really teasing some of this out. Before you can make a decision, you have to know like what the different voices are saying. But ultimately, once we go through all of that, what all of this is about is getting closer to your own intuition and then trusting it. Trusting to make a decision and trusting it to come to your own conclusions, whether that is being confident disagreeing with somebody or on the flip side, being confident agreeing with somebody without it being like a a follower sort of thing. So it's so interesting because I actually started thinking about this after a conversation I had with a client about dating. And obviously this is something that I'm always thinking about. I mean, you know that this is like the crux of what I talk about. This is nuance. This is complexity. And how do we engage with all of this with a deep amount of respect for ourselves and each other? But going back to how this came about is this specific conversation was about a conversation I had with a client about dating. And she was talking about how everybody seems to have an opinion about this guy that she was dating. Some people were like, yeah, jump all in. Some people were like, oh, maybe you should do this and that and the other before jumping in. And then even about the idea of how do you know? So I know so many of you have been in this dating world and questioning, how do I know when I've met the one? And whether or not you believe in the fact that there is the one, how do you know when you want to settle down with somebody or commit to a long-term relationship? And I think what's really, really hard is that when you don't know and you rely on what other people have to say, you are basically relying on their experience to dictate what you should do. Say, for example, you're dating someone, it's been a little bit of time, but not a significant amount of time that you really know much. And you're in this crossroads of like, how do I know? How do I know? Do Am I supposed to know by now? And then you have your peanut gallery friends who mean well, but are saying, yes, I knew when it was my last first date. It was just like something was different. This person was different. It was so obvious. And then some other people are saying, yeah, no, I had no idea. Honestly, like I really didn't even like this person when we first went out on a date. And now we've been married for 20 years. So that clearly should be your experience too. And if you didn't like this person, like continue to go out with them because you don't know. And again, thinking about where this advice is coming from is really going to be enlightening because if this person had this happen to them, yeah, sure, they're going to tell you. But does that mean that it's going to happen for you? Not necessarily. The important piece is how do you know how to make this decision on your own without relying on other people to tell you what they think. Now, I think it's a wonderful thing to talk to your friends, to talk to your therapist, to talk about, talk to your mentors, whoever it may be about, you know, what you can do in different situations. I think it is so powerful to run through different scenarios and and to get other people's opinions because we really only know what's in our minds and we could get a broad spectrum of ideas and it could be wildly helpful. And honestly, it probably should be something that you're doing. If you're making a big decision, you probably should be talking to people, not only for their advice or even not at all for their advice, but just to talk things through. So I think that it has value to talk through whatever it is with people, dating, nutrition advice, who your therapist is, making decisions, making financial decisions. I mean, everything. And also know where the advice is coming from. So if, say, you're in a position where you have no idea what to do with this guy, yeah, 
talk to other people, but also try to think about what does my gut say? What is my intuition trying to tell me? Do I like this person? Do I love this person? Do I want to spend more time with this person? Questions that really only you can answer. And at the end of the day, you know best. You know your body best. You know your mind best. And if you need some help organizing it, then sure. But this is about you getting closer to making your own decisions. And I say that, you know, circling back to this podcast, I say that about me as well. I come at this with some really opinionated opinions. And I I hope that I say it in a way that is open and leaves room for other opinions. Honestly, if not, please tell me because I'm doing a terrible job at what I'm doing, if so. But that I come at this from my own angle, based on my own experiences, professional and personal, my own encounters with people, my own interactions, my own biases, my own stories. And so everything that comes out of my mouth and my mind is based on my perspective, which means that it might not reflect at all what your experience is. And that's totally fine. Because if I were to be making blanket statements for everyone, then probably no one should listen to me. Because I think that everybody is different and no two people are going to come to the same conclusion for themselves because everyone is different. I also say this specifically for some of the recent episodes and upcoming episodes that we're going to have about some, some of you might think of very diety conversation specific, food conversation specific, diet conversations about what's scientifically backed, et cetera. And some of you who are in the intuitive eating, eating disorder recovery space are of the mind that we shouldn't be talking about it at all because we have to know our client and we have to know what people's response is to hearing anything related to what a food can or can't do to you. Unless, of course, it's proving that you don't have to worry about it. And I I respect that. And I honestly, I agree with that. I also think that coming at it from a different angle is if we deny that there are differences in in food properties and how it impacts our body and our mind, then we'd be lying. And I was getting too uncomfortable with not talking about that. And if that means that this isn't the perfect space for you, then I totally get that. I welcome everybody in this space. But I can understand how some people might disagree. And I also might understand how in some of my intuitive eating and eating disorder recovery conversations based on health at every size, et cetera. Some of you might be like, oh my God, totally lacks nuance, totally lacks my perspective. And if you're coming at it from a different angle that it it didn't work for you personally or for the people that are around you, then I get it. But what one person has to say shouldn't really reflect on what you have to say and vice versa. I guess what I'm saying is, Please take everything with a grain of salt. Take everything on social media with a grain of salt. Take everything from the actual media with a grain of salt. I mean, there is so much out there from mainstream media publications that I really, really respect that have zero understanding about relationship with food and eating disorders. And they publish articles that are terrible and misleading and really harmful in terms of eating disorders. And just because a big name published it doesn't mean that it's true. And it doesn't mean, even if it is true, it doesn't mean that it applies to you. So what I'm hoping as we work through this journey together 
is that no matter what the content is, no matter what the opinion is, is that you will always take a step back. You will always close the podcast or turn off the podcast, close your computer, stop reading the article, finish the book and think about, okay, well, what's my take on this? Think about your dating life. Think about the stuff you put in your mouth. Think about your relationship with food and movement and think about, well, what do I think? What do I deep down know to be true and healthy for me in particular? And really ask those honest questions about what might be good for you. You made it to the end. Thank you for listening. Every single one of your downloads means so much to me. If this conversation is leaving you wanting more, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. You'll have the opportunity to reply back directly to me over there. Can't wait to see you in your inbox.